powerlessness. It's an emotion that buries us under an ocean of anxiety, stress, and depression. It's the feeling that our hands are tied and that we've been carried out to sea in a riptide. It's a feeling that I often hear expressed by young adults. Many of us, but perhaps distinctly the young of us, us, the youngest of us, are assaulted every day by images of the crises we see happening all around the world. Against such things, we wonder, what good can I do? I'm Haley Gray Scott, and this is Christian Curious. Each week, we tackle some of the hardest, most pressing questions facing Christians in the 21st century. Today, I'm speaking with Catherine Pearson, founder of the Goodmaker Society based in London, UK, about how you can make a difference in a world that often feels overwhelming. Catherine holds a degree in business and finance from Sheffield Hallam University and is currently studying a master's in theology, imagination, and culture. These fields of study represent Catherine's passions, and at the center of her work, she is asking, how could the world be be better and what part can I play to make it so? Catherine, welcome back to Christian Curious. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Um, You've stated that you believe that we are all uniquely and purposefully designed to do good. What are some of the ways that, that, what are some of the things that get in the way of us achieving that good? Oh, well, I mean, you know, there's, there's one, one element of that is our, you know, our humanity, right? So we become quite self-preserving. Um, and we just, you know, we, we look out for our own, our own safety and our own needs first. So that, that can be one of the ways. And so a good challenge, I suppose, is to think about how we can sort of look outwards a little bit more, um, and start to engage with what's happening. Uh, one of the, the, the tricks for, um, designing solutions, you know, to social problems is to start with this idea of empathy. Um, and experience and try to understand problems that people are experiencing from their own perspective rather than how you see it happening to somebody else. Try to really understand what's happening to others. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's one of the things we can be a little bit um deadened to empathy. Um, do you think that's related to the amount of crises that we're seeing that we are yes. exposed to? Yeah, the overwhelm of it. Yes, definitely. I mean, we're just flooded with information, aren't we, about all sorts of things that are happening in the world, um, locally, nationally, internationally now. It's just like a, an onslaught of, of information. Um, and as you said, images and, and stories. Um, so I think we, we've become um, desensitized to a lot of issues, which is why, again, I think it's really important for us to find ways to engage um, personally, with sort of individual stories of how things in, affect um, affect people, um, mm-hmm. news doesn't often show us that side of things. It's just telling us like what's happened, and you see things on a on a large scale um, rather than hearing sort of individual stories. Uh, we talked off the air about the show Years and Years, a production of the BBC, mm-hmm. and I yeah. watched it, and you. You couldn't because this you're like, this is not entertainment. And um, it's not. But at one point, you know, it's so it's so prescient, though, because there was one um, scene where uh, a political leader said, I know more about what's going on 
in Russia than I know about what's happening in my own neighborhood. Yeah. You know, I better know the people, what's happening to the people there than what's happening to the people right next door to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Isn't it? Um, um, but, it, it, but on the same, but on the same level, in some ways we, we don't really know what's happening to people in, in Russia or, or other places. Do you know what I mean? We, we're told certain things through the media, but we haven't had a one-to-one connection with them. Right. Yeah. So we have, we have a certain knowledge, but I don't think we have a, a certain wisdom or a certain experience because we haven't been able to sort of process that knowledge in a way that brings in humanity to the information that's in front of us. Right. For example, when the, the, Ukraine, the war in Ukraine first began, I had um, a woman on the show and she spoke of the need for, um, for medicine for people who grew up near Chernobyl and they did not have access to medicine. And that is something you would never hear on the news that the people who grew up near Chernobyl need constant medicine from the exposure to the, the remaining radiation, but they they didn't have the medicine because of the war and because they were, uh, the Russians were blocking access to, to medicine. And that is a very human element that that yeah. um, I would have never known about had I not spoken with someone actually there. Yeah, likewise, that's new information to me, to me too. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, when people are overwhelmed and, you know, they, they may be busy with their own lives and they're looking, you know, they're exposed to what's happening in the news via social media and exposed to what everybody yeah. else thinks about what's happening. Um, <laughs> so... Why should a person search for ways to improve the world around them when it just seems like, okay, I've got my own schedule, my, it's filled to the brim. Why should people be concerned about, you know, turning themselves out for the sake of another? Just, you know, I know that everybody thinks, okay, we should be doing good, but in practice, it's often very difficult to do so. Why should people be motivated to do it? Yeah, that's such a great question. Um, I mean, I I feel like it's the it's this kind of work and those kind of actions that make life rich and meaningful. Um, it's those kind of interactions with people um, that you know is is why we're here on the planet. It's it's yeah. It, it's it's it is our purpose is to um, interact and engage with others. Um, more so than just to survive, right? It's it's part of what makes life living, um, yeah, rather than just survival. But um, I, I know that it, it can feel like uh, we haven't got much time, quite time poor. We can be a cash rich, time poor, well, though we might be less cash, cash rich at the moment. Um, but I think that we can we can look for those interactions in our everyday today. It doesn't mean having to completely change careers or um, uh, start volunteering a day a week or something like that. I think it's in it's in some of the decisions we make about the things that we buy, the services that we use, um, the the way we interact with our neighbours. Uh, if we've got kids at school with other parents, other teachers, it's all those kind of things. It's like trying to um, 
it's trying to look for the opportunities in the every moment that that we can to in, engage and interact with others um, and listen for opportunities for story about what's really happening around us. I, I, I think that's where it starts. I like that phrase, listening to the stories. I mean, it demands a sort of presence from us and an immediate presence, yeah. you know, in what's happening yeah. right in front of us. Um, yeah. Because we can be absorbed in, yeah. you know, social media or we can be absorbed in our emails or um, I was just, you know, like when I'm interacting with someone and my my watch notifies me, I have an e- a new email or a new phone call or whatever kind of notifications it's popping up constantly or it nags me to move to stand or hey you're not moving enough whatever it's saying um whatever my my watch is like demanding my my attention and it draws away my presence from the people that are right in front of me sometimes yeah yeah Um, yeah we do we does feel like we have to put quite a lot of effort into being present um with people um and what's going on at the time and, and I wonder um, about the skill that's needed to interact in day to day. I spoke recently with a minister and a, a pastor in, in Athens. And in Greece, the, the population of Christians are is 0.3%. And so he's decided to just create a community space where people can come and uh, study, they can come and gather, they can come and rest, they can borrow a book, they can get coffee. And um, he notices that one of the things that they say is that they're very lonely. And, you know, they don't know what good they can do. And then he sees them on Instagram, and he sees them on um, different social media sites posting and interacting with people online. But when they're actually invited to a community event, when they're actually asked to come do something, um, they, they don't do it often because they don't have the skills to like interact in a community. They, they don't know how to act in a real community. That's really, that's really interesting. I mean, I'm not surprised at all. Um, especially how young people have had to live the last couple of years, you know, just doing their school online and their studies online and university online. So I'm sure, um, if you if you weren't particularly uh, social, you know, before those years or what have or, or weren't used to being part of a community, maybe if you didn't go to a church or any sort of club or something, then yeah, I don't I don't know how you would get those skills um, that you would need right now. Right, and also the value. I mean, you you know you your purpose is helping people to bring good ideas that that benefit society into the world bring them into being and yet yeah. you know there are many people that that just don't know the value of that mm. yeah and i i mean i only ended up doing what i do because of um being around other people you know having conversations about ideas that they want that they had that they wanted to see happen um and them not knowing necessarily where to begin and me thinking well that's an amazing idea i don't always have great ideas but I do know how to help you move that idea forward you know that's what I can bring to the table um and then other people would be like yeah that sounds like a great idea just let me know what I can do to help um 
And all of these conversations happen around food or a drink in the pub or, you know, something like that. You know, it has, it, it's, it's very social. You don't just convene a load of people over Zoom to have a chat. Right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, it happens in quite a natural way. So, yeah, I do really feel for young people. Are you ready to earn a master's degree, but concerned about fitting more into your already busy schedule? Visit denverseminary.edu to learn more about our fully online programs, financial aid opportunities, and more. The education you receive at Denver Seminary will challenge you to grow spiritually, intellectually, relationally, and professionally. Learn more today at denverseminary.edu. So I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about what you do um, specifically, and you talk a lot about creativity. And, and why is, why do you think creativity is so important to envisioning the good that, that you can do in the world? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think that um, thinking about the good that you can do really starts with uh, an imagination. You have to be able to imagine, imagine how the world could be different. Or maybe not like the whole world, but the bit of the problem or the bit of society or um, yeah, the, the, the bit of the, your environment that you're in that you think could be better. So you have to be able to, to see how it could be better before you can start building something that gets you there. Um, you know, I don't think um, builders don't just start building houses. They have plans have architect plans they know what um and and even the architect kind of knows what how they want the house to feel and how people are going to operate in that room and in those spaces before they do the design and then before they give that to the builders to create it so i think it's being able to to see in your mind's eye the the change that you want to be part of or that you want to see yeah Um, and that and that comes from our imagination there's no other way um, to engage with that. Right. Yeah. Um, and at your organization, you offer courses, um, that Mm. lead people through the process of bringing these ideas to life. Once you've envisioned something that, you know, your giftedness and meets the world's needs and you feel called to that place, then bringing that idea into, into being is what you do. And in yeah. one of the courses, you lead people through um, space, clarity, and gaining a plan. What are the significance of those three things? And how does that help people um, bring their idea into being? So space, clarity, and the plan. Yeah, so um, so so quite often uh, we people, we have these ideas about things that could make the world a better place. Um but they are. But we have these ideas while we're, you know, bringing up children or having a full-time job or studying or whatever. Um, and it is. It's quite hard to dedicate the time to to sort of working on that idea really and um, building it out. So uh, our course, Make Good, um, is a residential course, and you basically spend five days just on your idea. Work, your children, um, you're away from home. Um, and you're just focusing on on this idea that, that you've had and that you want to, to move forward and do something with. And then the clarity comes, I think, through the process because we sort of 
just start asking questions about the impacts you want to have. Um, do you really know um, if anyone else is doing this? Um, how do you know that your idea is going to solve the problem that, that you see? Um, yeah, we, we just go through quite a rigorous process of, of inquiry um, and sort of testing as a group. And then that really starts to bring that clarity. So you get to know, okay, I've had all, maybe I've had lots of ideas and now I know this is the idea I'm going to focus on or I'm still really passionate about this problem, but I've had to tweak the solution a little bit. Um, or now I know exactly kind of the impacts I want to have. I'm really clear about that, but I've got to work on the um, solution just a little bit more. So it gives you that clarity. And then because of that, you do have a plan. You know what the next steps are going to be. Um, we work on that. We think, you know, we, we get you to think about what is the, the first thing you need to do to move this idea forward. Um, and it could just be talking to someone. It could be doing a test or a pilot. Um, it could be seeing if you can get some funding. You know, whatever, whatever it might be that is um, relevant to, to that particular project. Um, but, yeah, we, we get you a little plan that helps move it forward. You're really utilizing your background in business and finance and combining it with creativity and imagination. Um, those two don't often really go together. <laughs> I think no, it's- they don't. Um, but I, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's a little bit of the, uh, the feminine gift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, creativity, um, and intuition and all of that is something that I think that women in particular can really bring to the table. Um, and then the stuff around finance and, and, and logic and making sense of things. Um, I think that's all needed too. And it all just sort of melts together to make something that's really tangible, um, that, that can make a difference. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a unique set of giftedness that I haven't seen often. Um, you know, e- people tend to be either one or the other, and to to be able to, you know, you yourself bring that bring that good for other people is is really um, intriguing to me. I think that's a really unique set of giftedness. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I found a, a way to bring them together. So what would you say to a person who maybe has given up the hope of possibility of making a change for good? What changes do they need to make like today to rethink the way they think about being a a force for good in the world? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I suppose it, it really depends where they are in that journey, but there's a couple of things. So I think I would... Um, if you're not really, sh- if you feel like you want to be part of something that has meaning and purpose, um, maybe that's where you're coming from and you're just sort of a bit tired of the nine to five corporate kind of thing. I would definitely, um, suggest just spending some time reading and, um, and journaling. So change, change what way you're reading, change what uh, your news sources are or change or read some books that you wouldn't ordinarily read just to challenge your challenge yourself um and I think um that also kind of sparks our creativity a bit too and using the idea of journaling to really process some some of the thoughts that are coming up um I've mentioned before about empathy and I think that if we start reading stories about people that we hadn't read before um or we start watching 
films or um, interviews with people, you know, that we wouldn't necessarily have interacted with. I think we can start to see where our heartstrings are being tugged, right? And I don't mean that in a manipulative way. I just think that there will be something that will inspire us and make us think that is an injustice that I want to be part of solving or that is um, that is something that I really want to fix um, or that is a really great idea that somebody is doing over there and I think it should be done over here too and I want to help make that happen. You know, all of those kind of things. But I think we have to change up where some of our inputs are coming from if we're feeling a bit lost. Yeah, or... You know, as you mentioned in one in the course that you teach, mm-hmm. getting away from yes. all of the various input to listen, you know, to really yeah. focus on yeah. a specific source of in, a specific source of in, input, um, yeah. just to get away from yeah. all of the myriad of things that that may draw us. You know, if if we are female, you know, motherhood. Yeah. You know, I mean you know, lunches and shoes for track or whatever it is that may, you know, clutter our daily lives just to be able to focus on what good can I do in the world and finding meaning in the, in the chaos of the everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, finding someone maybe like a spiritual director who can ask certain sort of pressing questions of you, um, help sort of reflect on your past and reflect on your skills that you're bringing to the table and um, see where they may be leading you. Yeah. And, and well, you, you also talk because a lot of times, you know, I've even done this myself. I will come up against a problem and I'll think, well, that's just not meant to work, but you have a, you, you call it the gift of constraints. Yes. Um, what is yes. that? Yeah, so this is the thing that I think um, may also solve the problem of the person who isn't sure where to begin. Um, I'm not entirely sure a blank piece of paper and someone says, okay, do good in the world, is that helpful? Um, So one of the the things that we talk about is, um, yeah, is this gift of constraints. And this is like thinking about what do I have to begin with? What do I, where, where, what's my starting point? Um, and so we look at, um, maybe the resources and the skills that you might already have and what do you have to work with? And we have it, we have a game called Mission Possible. Yes. Um, I've played that game. You've played it. Okay. So, so what were the, do you remember the resources that you had in your group? I don't because I, 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 I did it myself and then I have run it with, um, the churches that I work with here in the Denver Metro area. Okay. And I, I do not remember all of the constraints. Oh, it's all right. Don't worry. Um, yeah. So you'll be you've given a problem and it could be quite a meaty problem like, um, you know, wealth inequality or domestic violence or mental health or something. Um, and then we'll give you some random resources like some circus equipment or canned goods or a bag of popcorn or, um, some old bikes, something like that. And then as a group, you you just start um, brainstorming what you can do with all of those um, sort of resources, um, how you could use them to tackle the problem that you've been given. Um, and it's quite amazing to see how people actually manage to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take people through a guided process, right? We don't just throw them in 
with that at the, right at the beginning, we go through a, a guided process, but we very rarely give people money. Because right. again, money doesn't really help with the imagination or creativity. Um, and it's also not that realistic. We don't all have um, just bags of money that lying about that we can put to good use. Um, so we use we use the resources that you have to really um, to, to, to be really creative and think really cleverly about um, what you're trying to do, the problem you're trying to solve, and how you can do it. Um, and it, it is amazing. Every group comes up with something unique um, and fun as well mm-hmm. <laughs> as a way to tackle the problem. So, yeah, so that's that's part of it, really. And you was, wouldn't have you would never get those same ideas if you just said, OK, this is the problem. These are the facts about the problem. Now think about what you could do. You wouldn't you wouldn't get it in the time frame that you have. Right. So in in your mind, constraints can lead to creativity. Definitely. Yes. Yes. And so something that's like, and also it's realistic. So you're not just thinking about every idea that you could possibly do. You're thinking about it within the constraints of the resources that you have. Yes. I know that so many people, you know, that, that I've run that game with have been blessed by it. And, you know, it helps them to engage the, the immediate problems that, that they face in their communities. And yeah. help, that idea of working with what you have and maybe trading resources, you know, so yes. I think. Yeah. Or trading or, or breaking them down to their component parts and rebuilding them into something else, you know, mm-hmm. however you want to do it. Yeah, I, I, that is so intriguing. It's such, it's such a. Uh, a great way to think about the challenges that we face rather than a barrier. They're actually a gift. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Even the old bikes, even the old bikes or the bag of popcorn. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Catherine, if people want to find out more about your work, um, where can they connect with you? Yes. So, um, they find me at goodmaker society, dot org uh, it's our website or email me at katherine at goodmakerssociety.org okay i highly recommend everyone listening to check out the work that you're doing and you know connect with you if at all possible because yeah 